Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Steven Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on either Apple or Spotify. So be sure to leave a like, rating, or review. Uh, on today's podcast, we have uh, we're going to be covering the latest back-to-back for the Bucks. Uh, first one, unfortunately, Bucks go down one to four on the year against the Pacers, one thirty to one forty-two. We're going to talk about that, and then we're also going to talk about uh, tonight's thrilling win over the uh, Spurs and the first, you know, Giannis versus Wemby head-to-head. Bucks win that one, 125 to 121. But let's circle it back to that uh, first Pacers game, or I guess that fifth Pacers game of the year at this point, Hirsch. Um, I know you got a chance to watch that one. Really, really unfortunate that we couldn't, you know, capitalize after losing, you know, for the third time against them. Uh, you know, especially like right, not not on a back-to-back necessarily, Hirsch, but to play them like directly after, you know, we lost to them and then to lose again. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a bummer, but what did you think from that game? I mean, yeah, so far throughout the regular season, it seems like the Pacers really have our number. I mean, we 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 have been unable to really show much against them other than Giannis's explosive performances. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, this this is this is a team that, you know, has a lot of confidence when they play against us. I mean, we saw that especially with, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin both basically uh smack talking the entire game. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you know, making celebratory signs at the crowd, stuff like that. So Pacers seem to get really fired up when they play the box, uh, which is honestly, it's it's cool for them. I mean, they're they're beating a good team in the regular season. Like, that's awesome. But 
I mean, I don't really think there's much to celebrate unless until and unless you make the playoffs. I don't know. I think I kind of disagree with you. Like, you know, for them, like they're a team that was they're coming off of a rebuild, if you want to call it that. You know, they're kind of finding what their, you know, what their groove is this year in playoff contention. Tyrese Halliburton is like finally healthy, really coming into his own. You know, they're four and one against us this year. I mean, we've played them a lot, you know, only in 30 something games. So if I'm them, I'm fired up. I'm going to be talking smack all game. If, you know, you beat them four times already to one, you know, to one loss, they have all the right to kind of chirp at us. I mean, it sucks and it's really frustrating to watch, you know, while we're losing to them or, you know, struggling to beat a team that we in theory should be beating or not losing four games to one on a season. But I mean, yeah, I think that they totally have all the right to kind of come at us like that. Uh, I think it's just more concerning that we don't seem to like adjust to what they do. And it seems like a pretty like simple fix with this Pacers team in specific, like, Stop them in transition. Don't let them shoot the ball five to eight seconds into the shot clock, and then you kind of get them to struggle. And we just don't let them do that. <laughs> a lack of transition defense, if you want to call it that, just poor execution, not sticking with your man, losing guys on cuts. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton is a really special player, Hirsch, but that to me that's kind of what I saw, at least in that last game. But just all five games against them, really. I mean, yeah, they they their offense seems to be a problem. Um against us i mean we don't have a great defense but neither do they they're just playing better offense than we are in these games and very clearly i mean dame dame lillard has struggled against this pacers team for some reason he hasn't you know necessarily played well in all of our matchups we have like you mentioned played them five times in the first 35 games so that's pretty unprecedented when you look at the history of the league um, but Steve, I think it boils down to just like, if, if we were to face these guys in the first round in the playoffs, which is very possible based on, you know, where we're both at and the standings right now, I mean, how confident would you be that, that we'd win that series? Because in my opinion, I, I would be pretty confident heading into that one. See, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, in our last podcast, I was like, had Damon played better. I think we could have beaten them. Dame didn't play better. And we like, I mean, again, it's like even without him, we still have Giannis, we still have Chris, Brooke playing well, all those guys playing well, and we still don't beat them. And to me, it's just like, I don't know, man, if we if we are to go into a playoff series against them, I'm not feeling totally confident. This is not a team I want to see in the first round or, you know, in a potential first round or just any playoff series, really. I, I At this point, it's just a matter of them matching up really, really well against us. Um, and yeah, I just, I, this is not a team I want to see in the playoffs, Hirsch. I mean, I think that they've shown that right now their fast paced style of offense is just going to give us a lot of problems. And I understand that in the playoffs, the game typically slows down, but at the end of the day, man, we aren't getting back on defense and like, you know, Charles, but, and this is, you know, going into tonight's game, but Charles Barkley, like had a good point about, you know, just defensive intensity with the Bucks after the game, you know, talking about how. You can't just expect to turn that on in, you know, May, April, uh, you know, May, June, whatever, April, all that, and expect to just automatically be a good defensive team or whatever. I mean, right now we're one of the bottom eight defensive teams in this league. You're not going to just go to an average or, you know, above average defense like that when you haven't been executing like it all year, you know? Well, yeah, but I also think that, you know, that has to do with, you know, the fact that, we did downgrade defensively at the point of attack 
getting Dame Lillard uh, for Drew Holiday. And we also just simply don't have the personnel to guard like these guys. And we've been talking about it all year long. It's becoming a pattern. Um, and even, you know, tonight we barely beat uh, a five-win Spurs team. Davin Vassell went off against us on the perimeter. He's not even an all-star caliber player. Uh, he's just a very, very good, you know, above-average starter. Um, and and we're, we're getting cooked by a lot of these guys like Cam Thomas, Tyler Hero, Tyrese Maxey who probably will be an all-star, but a lot of these, like not even all-star caliber guys, we can't, we can't contain not to mention the all-star caliber guys that we absolutely can't contain like Tyrese Halliburton, Luca, Kyrie, all these all-star caliber guys. There's no shot in hell. We're going to be able to guard them, but we should at least be able to guard, you know, the, the caliber below that. And we, we seem to not be able to do that either, which is a huge problem. But, I mean, I think it all boils down to Malik Beasley being our point-of-attack defender. We've been harping on it all year. I, I just think it's a really stupid game plan from AG. Um, and for some reason, he loves Malik Beasley to the point where he refuses to start or play anyone else in those minutes. To me, it doesn't make much sense, Steve. And I think the only answer is to make a deal at the deadline to get some sort of point-of-attack perimeter defender, whether that be a point guard who can guard, you know, the smaller guys or that whether that be, you know, a wing that can guard the guys like Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, maybe even a guy like Donovan Mitchell come playoff time. Yeah, I see. I don't necessarily think we need to trade for a wing. I do agree that there is something off with our personnel at this point. And, you know, all year I was talking about let it click, let it click. At this point, we kind of know what this team is. And I, I don't think that you can win a championship with a, the 22nd ranked defense in the NBA. Um. I don't want to bank on them at this point, continuing to, you know, improve on that end of the floor because they really haven't. It almost seems like they've regressed from, you know, how they played in mid or early December rather. So uh, one thing I've kind of noticed is that it's really this drop coverage, you know, with Brooke, I think that you really do need that point of attack defender. And that's what worked so well for us is that you could have someone like Drew guard whoever on an island and it allowed you know it just gave brooke more wiggle room to just sit in the paint he wouldn't have to come up we're seeing teams shoot a much better percentage at the rim against us this year and i think that's kind of you know a lot of it is that we're letting guys like tyrese halliburton pick us uh pick us apart from the top of the key because someone like malik beasley campaign damian lillard whoever you really want to throw on him can't stick with their man uh, and yeah, we're definitely missing Drew Holiday in those aspects and making a move as, as we've talked about in a lot of our podcasts recently. Um, yeah, I think it's it's time to start to really look into that, Hirsch. Um, I know you and I have been texting a lot about or a lot about a potential guys that we uh, could get or look into, but I don't know if the Bucks at this point are really, really looking into that because the end of the day, again, we're sitting at second place in the Eastern Conference right now. We're one of the best offensive teams in the NBA. So 25 and 10, we're 15 games over 500 at this point. Yeah. And so with like all the negative or whatever, there is a lot of positive to, you know, take with this team and just look at in general, great offensive team. I mean, we have Giannis and Dame, two guys that at any given night could be the best player or best two players on the court, which is always a huge advantage in any playoff series. So I, I just... I totally think that we do need to address the defense at this point, Hirsch. Uh, you know, this Pacers series at this point in the season has totally like shown that just really the, our lack of defense against any guard or any like competent scoring guard 
has really just shown that to me at this point in the year. I mean, yeah, and I think, you know, with the loss of Jay Crowder early on in the year, who on paper coming into the season was our best on-ball defender, regardless of the fact that he's, you know, 6'9 and a little bigger than a lot of these guards we're going to have to guard, he he is the guy that we were, you know, kind of going coming into the year saying, all right, like if we match up against the Heat, he's going to be on Butler. If we match up against the Celtics, he's going to be on Tatum or Brown. With the loss of him being out for, you know, he was out for four months almost with this abdominal tear. This is this is he he was a huge loss, and I think with him coming back, the Bucks might view that as like an, an acquisition because he's just been out all year. Um, and we we know that Jay Crowder is a guy who brings that defensive intensity, regardless of you know who he can guard. He's still out there guarding with most effort he possibly can. And Jay Crowder's made his bread and butter. He's made all this money in the NBA for nine plus seasons by being a by being a great defender. He, I mean, he's he's literally known as you know one of the better three and D players, more consistent guys um, of of the decade. I mean, he's he's made multiple deep finals runs on multiple different teams, and we 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 definitely need a guy like that. I mean, think about like a lineup like me you. Uh, we're talking about earlier on in the year with Jay Crowder playing the three. Middleton moves down to the two. All of a sudden, you've got Middleton, who's a six-eight small forward, guarding guys on the perimeter. That could be better because you know that's more length, that's more size, that's more height. He's bigger than Malik Beasley, stronger than Malik Beasley, and then really the only weak link out there is Damian Lillard. Um, I know we know we've talked about Chris Middleton's you know lack of lateral quickness. Um, as he's aged and as he's, you know, have injuries. But I think that defensive lineup provides a lot more potential, especially in a playoff matchup with Jay Crowder out there, um, with Middleton, Dame, Brooke, and Giannis. That provides versatility. It provides switchability. And the only liability out there is Damian Lillard on defense. So I think that's the that's the primary thing that the Bucs have going for him right now is the fact that Jay Crowder will be coming back. Obviously, you know, he's coming yeah. up. He's coming off, it, but it's it, it's a bad injury. I mean, that's a tough injury. We don't know how long it's going to take for him to you know get fully back up to speed. So I I, I mean, well, cleared for five on five. Ag just came out saying that I think by like Sunday, you know they expect to have him, uh, for ready for five on five drills and all that. So that's good to hear just for his progression. Um, you know, with a guy like Jay Crowder coming back, coming back, I think you bring up a great point. You know, with him bringing that defensive intensity which is something that, you know, I was talking about earlier, something we've really been lacking, it feels like, uh, especially tonight against the Spurs. And that could also be just because we're coming off a back to a back to back on the road. Those are always tough, but still like this is a team that has five wins in the Western conference. You want to be killing that, you know, you want to be handling your business against these teams. So, uh, but yeah, with Jay Crowder coming back, he's going to bring that intensity. Uh, you know, the only, question I guess with him coming back is who's going to lose those minutes and you know at the wing spot in our rotation Pat Connington has been playing a lot of key minutes for us you got Malik Beasley playing around 30 minutes a game for us uh Marjan Bochamp has like 15 minutes a game Andre Jackson with like 10 minutes a game this year so you know you got you're gonna have to make some sacrifices uh you know I know you're a big Andre Jackson advocate I like Andre Jackson too a lot as like an energy guy uh Marjan Bochamp is he really impressed me uh over this back-to-back and I know uh, pre-ankle injury or ankle sprain, he looked really, really solid for us. And then he, you know, didn't play as aggressive coming off of that, but he's starting to, you know, play a little bit more confident. 
Uh, he's shooting the ball really well. He's shooting 40% from three on like two shots a game from that distance. So Marjan Bochamp is someone I kind of want to keep in the rotation, which would mean like Pat Connington. Again, we've talked about trading. I love Pat. He, you know, everything that he did for us in our finals run, you know, it means everything. But at the end of the day, man, it's a business and it might be time to kind of move on from him and look into someone who can, you know, stick with those elite guards in the NBA. And I mean, I think me and you are both in agreement that, you know, Malik Beasley doesn't need to be playing 30 minutes a game. I think that's definitely, those are some minutes that should go to Jay Crowder. Um, and, you know, in a playoff stretch, I don't really envision the Bucks going to very many of their young guys. Um, you know, normally the rotations get cut down seven, eight man rotations at the most. I could only really see maybe three guys off our bench even playing meaningful minutes in a playoff series. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to need those vets out there. Obviously, Jay Crowder's been on many deep playoff runs. So has campaign. Um, Malik Beasley is really the guy who hasn't really been on successful teams in the past. So I think he's really going to have to prove himself here in the next couple of weeks to make sure that, you know, he he deserves his spot here. I mean, I know AG really loves him and it seems like he's probably going to stay, but a lot of the fans at this point are really unhappy with the way that Malik Beasley is being handled in, in this team. And, you know, eventually those noises maybe could make the front office make a decision regardless of what AG wants. Uh, yeah, I don't, I see, I, I like Malik Beasley as a player and I, you know, I like what he brings to the table, but I, you know, yeah, it's that fit with next to Damian Lillard, next to Chris, you know, in drop coverage where you're using, you know, you're asking him to be our best defender. It just isn't who he is. You know, we've said it so many, so many times and I'm getting sick of saying it. I think a better, you know, role for him is off the bench. You know, we're going to have to make a move at this point in my eyes. Like I, I talked about, you know, letting it click. And I thought we were there at that point early in December, but yeah, I mean, ever since that win streak our you know, our defense kind of came back to what it was. And when our offense isn't flowing Hirsch, um, we don't, we don't look particularly great. Uh, you know, and I want to kind of bring that into the Spurs game tonight. Lots of lots of turnovers, lazy play, which, you know, really kind of feeds into what we're bad at, which is transition defense. And, you know, that's how we almost lost to a team with five wins in the Western Conference in the Spurs. Uh, I think at this point in the season, we need to be beating teams, you know, like the Spurs handedly, especially when, you know, their best player, Victor Wembanyama, who was really, really like special to watch tonight, but he only played 24, 25 minutes. He's on a minute restriction with, uh, you know, coming back from, uh, from an ankle injury. You've got to be beating these teams, you know, handedly. Like it, it shouldn't be coming down to the last four seconds where we need to get a defensive stop up three. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think, you know, we, we, we've seen struggles and down the stretch of games from AG in the way that, you know, this team has been coached, the plays that have been run, you know, how, how things have been set up both offensively and defensively. Um, Steve, I guess I'll just ask you quick uh, before we head to the break. Is there anything that you think maybe could, you know, like an, a, any sort of adjustment or something that needs to be made to, you know, clean up some of this sloppy play down the stretch? Uh, I mean, honestly, I really like what I've been seeing on offense, like overall, like obviously you're going to have nights where with Dame, you know, wh whoever really shots aren't falling and that's just how it goes. But, you know, overall is like, just like, you know, like it, it functions really well. We're one of the best offenses in the NBA. Uh, Damian Lillard and Chris Middleton, I have full faith in and closing games out. 
Uh, for me, I mean, my concern really lies in the defensive end transition. Uh, it's really just, it's that something we're going to have to really address kind of going forward, Hirsch, um, whether that be through a trade. I, I mean, at that point, I, at this point, I really think a trade is the only option if we're going to, you know, be a, at least an average defensive team. I don't think that we're going to be able to win a championship living and dying by the offensive side of the ball. I think you do need some balance there. We're going to have to find that. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break and then we're just going to preview this upcoming game at Houston on Saturday. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And we're back on the Box and Six podcast. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. Uh, we're going to preview this upcoming Box uh, versus Rockets game. Box will be traveling to Houston on Saturday. Uh, they're already in Texas, Steve, so it's not like they have to go super far, but... Um, the Rockets are pretty good this season, uh, 17 and 15 record, definitely better than, you know, a lot of teams thought they would be coming into the season. Uh, we previously beat them in our, uh, other, uh, matchup against them, 128 to 119. So nice one nine point victory there. Uh, but they're pretty good at D Steve, uh, top three currently in the NBA, uh, but pretty brutal offense is what we've seen from Ime Udoka throughout his coaching career. Um, and it continues to hold true in Houston. Um, Steve, what are what are we thinking about this game? What are the predictions, opinions, takes, narratives, etc.? Uh, yeah, the Rockets are a tough team. I mean, yeah, last time we beat them, we beat them. But however, I mean, it was over, you know, our seven game win streak when we were playing our best ball. Uh, you know, and to the, in the new year, we're at, we have a losing record, so. This Rockets team, you know, they're they're going to play good defense, like you said. Uh, 
if I, you know, if I remember correctly, Damian Lillard dropped like 40 on them last time. Was it right? Yeah. He had a great game. So this is a team again, like in theory, we should be beating teams like the Rockets. They're, they're a play in caliber team. I think they're the eight seed in the West right now. Like they're a solid team, but not necessarily a team that you want to be struggling with at this point in the season. You know, we're 15 games over 500. Like you said, we should be, you know, handling teams like this. I want to see us kind of bring that defensive intensity. And I think this is kind of that perfect team to do it with, you know, they have Dylan Brooks who's expected to return. He's someone who really likes to fire up and bring that intensity. So I want to kind of match that, bring that energy. Don't want to kind of save it for the fourth quarter. I want to get out because we've been getting out to pretty good starts actually recently. I want to get out to that good start and then hold on to that good start and continue with that intensity all game. Easier said than done, but those are kind of the things that I'm looking for heading into this game against the Rockets. And the Rockets have a couple of tough matchups for the Bucs. I mean, especially with, you know, certain guys that we've talked about uh, having certain struggles. Brooke Lopez struggles with, you know, centers that are able to pull him away from the rim. Uh, and the Rockets have, you know, a prolific young center uh, by the name of Alperin Shengun, who both of us are extremely high on and, you know, think he could really turn into a superstar in this league. Uh, he he could cause serious problems just by the fact that he's also a great playmaker at the center position as well. And the Bucs seem to be out of position a lot on defense, so that could be picked apart. Um, and Fred Van Vliet, I mean, he's just a scoring guard who is able to, you know, get to his spots and get his shots off. And we've seen what uh, scoring guards are able to do against us, as well as Jalen Green. I mean, another guy who's basically out there to get buckets Guys like him, guys like Cam Thomas, the Bucks really struggle against. So I think that this could be a tough matchup. Um, but I like the fact that they're that they're bad at offense. That's good for us. We're we're just gonna have to, you know, find the cracks in their uh pretty tough defense. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we do have Damian Lillard and we do have Giannis, and as great as Alperin Shengun is right now, I think that, you know, both Damian and Giannis are just better players at this point. Like you know, two perennial, like all NBA players, top 75 guys of all time. Shangun will get there. Like he's going to be, you know, a really, really good player down the road, but the Bucks should have the two best players on the court. And, you know, like I said, that really means a lot in basketball, especially when you only have five guys playing for you. Like, yeah, I mean, this is a really young, exciting team that the Rockets have built, but, you know, we're a team trying to compete for a title right now. I understand that we're kind of trying to figure things out, still experiment with certain rotations and whatnot, you know, even, you know, messing with our offense a little bit. Uh, I want to see a lot of Damian Lillard, Giannis, uh, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez pick and roll action. Um, That's been our bread and butter all year offensively. And then really, yeah, just getting back on defense. The Rockets don't necessarily play at a fast pace. In fact, I think they play at one of the slower paces in the NBA. So that's, you know, going to be in the benefit of the Bucs, but, yeah, I just want to see them get back on defense, match that, you know, Dylan Brooks Rockets defensive intensity uh, and just execute, really. I mean, that's just what it's about with this team at this point in the season. Yeah, I think, you know, this this should be a tough one. And, you know, hopefully the Bucks are able to make it 500 in the new year. But I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman, he's Steven Dorr, and let's go Bucks!